And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Happy Fat Pile Friday. It's good to see you. You're looking good. Despite what others may have said, you are looking great. Don't let anybody tell you different. I told you a couple days ago to get ready for today, Friday. Those of you listening live on the 17th of July, 2020, today is your day to make yourself look that much better by going to Krispy Kreme and celebrating their 83rd birthday by purchasing a dozen donuts and receiving a dozen donuts for free. Happy birthday from Krispy Kreme. I have not stopped by my local Krispy Kreme yet. It is on my list of things to do today. Some days you don't get to everything. Other days, you do. All right, this story from Michigan. We got to talk to this guy, uh, Johnny Perry. Uh, he is a, a jeweler, and they're going out of business because of the pandemic. He has a jewelry store, J&M Jewelers. They, uh, you know, they're shutting down, and it's sad news. However, they're going out with what they're calling a bang, and they've buried roughly a million dollars worth of jewelry statewide. Engagement rings, precious coins, gold, silver, all up for grabs. They've put them in $4,000 bunches. So each buried container is worth about four grand. They said they fitted each treasure with a GPS tracker and they buried them all over the state of Michigan from Detroit and the upper peninsula. So even the Upers get a chance. Now, the trick is it costs $49 to get in. Now, I want to talk to our man, Jeremy, right? Jeremy, that's his name. Jeremy, is that what I said his name was? Johnny. Sorry. Uh, Johnny Perry, P-E-R-R-I. Uh, we got to talk to Johnny because I want to find out what you get for $49. We have to hunt this guy down. I want to talk to him. I want to what you get. I want to find out how sad it's been in Michigan. We can talk the pandemic with him. But it's really cool that they're doing this. Uh, it gets them some notoriety. I'm not sure what the end game is other than just him being, you know, nice and we're wrapping up the business and we're going to let people, uh, you know, instead of trying a going out of business sale, this is their going out of business sale, burying treasure all over the state of Michigan. They said they buried about a million dollars worth of jewelry broken up in, uh, you know, 49 or $4,000 treasure. I don't know if it's boxes or we have to talk to him. We have to talk to Johnny and find out uh, these pressing questions because for 49 bucks, I mean, you get yourself a few of these treasure boxes. That's not bad. And times are tough all over. We talk about it every day. So people in Michigan and all over the country and all over the world if you can get there during the pandemic, be able to spend your $49 and get on your treasure hunt. I love it. We will be talking. I will be talking to Johnny somewhere, somewhere, somehow I'm talking to this man. I have questions. 
I have questions. Sorry, I just do. Today, obviously, Fat Pile Friday, and uh, yesterday I told you, you know, we I go, we have so much stuff every day. So it is just a headline. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna just go down the show sheet today, reading headlines, and we'll decide, you know, if the headlines feel like we need to talk about it or not. Uh, but I have a you know a full show sheet. It's full. I can I can just go down. I break it up every day into you know stories and crime, uh, you know health, animals, sports, truckers, royals. We got break room stuff. We got headline stuff. We got uh, coronavirus stuff. There still is actually coronavirus news. Nobody cares about it anymore, really. But there still is uh, coronavirus news, and there's just you know just a plethora of other news that are happening every day. And, uh, you know, so we're heading into the weekend. Uh, you, I hope like I am, am happy about the weekend. I've got a special Saturday podcast for you, uh, this week that you will enjoy. And it's about Jeffrey Epstein and it's about, uh, Jelaine Maxwell, Maxwell, the pervert. And, uh, we've got some inside information on her in this interview that is, uh, really fun to hear. We have, uh, I will release that coming, you know, Sunday or Monday on my YouTube channel, chewing the fat, which you should be a subscriber to. But for those of you that are subscribed to the podcast, chewing the fat, you'll be able to hear that interview Saturday. And I'm looking forward to you hearing that we have, uh, let's, we might as well just knock it out. Get started. Johnny Walker, story I've had in the on the show sheet for a while. I just haven't got to it yet. They're going to create the world's first ever paper-based spirits bottle. They're partnering partnering with Pilot Light, who isn't, I mean, Pilot Light. They are launching the Pulpex Limited. And they are, uh, Pilot Light is the world leading sustainable packaging technology company. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, I mean, I knew that. I knew that, you know, Pilot Light was the world leading sustainable packaging technology company. But they're doing Pulpex. So you're going to be able to get Johnny Walker in a new bottle made of wood pulp later next year. It's 100% free of plastic. And I love this. They're expected. We don't know if they're going to be or not, but they're expected to be fully recyclable. So they may or may not be, but they're, they're going to be a hundred percent free of plastic. Are they going to be a fully recyclable? We don't know that yet, but coming from pilot light, the world leading sustainable packaging technology company, you've got to believe that they will be. Um, Tushy, we talked about this company before, uh, the bidet, the bidet toilet bowl company. We talked about bidets. They're becoming a hot topic on chewing the fat, by the way, is, uh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to invest in Tushy either by purchasing their product or actually investing in their company. They're a luxury bidet company, Tushy. They want naming rights to the Buffalo Bills stadium. Now, the Bills have been in the toilet for a number of years, so it does seem fitting that Tushy would be the name of the Buffalo Bills professional football team stadium. Uh, 
twelve and a half million seems pretty cheap. Companies have paid a lot more for naming rights. Uh, those are teams that are worth, um, you know, a lot more than the Buffalo Bills. I know the Bills have their fans, and bless their heart, you love them. And in fact, the picture that I see in this picture from the New York Post, of course, the fan that you see in the full stadium wearing a Buffalo Bills jersey. Well, you see the 34 and you see what looks like 78, but the one that you actually break out and see is 32 Simpson. O.J. Simpson has not played for the Bills in a long, long time. A lot has happened to O.J. Simpson since his days with the Buffalo Bills and setting, you know, running for 2,000 yards, the first man to do that. A lot has happened. But not for the Bills, other than getting closer to the toilet. So Tushy, the luxury bidet company, wants the naming rights. I think that is a great, great. Now, they want to also, if they get the naming rights, see, I think they shouldn't have, I think they. this is going to hurt them selling, getting the naming rights. I think they should have kept this on the back burner. But they would have, they want to host a college football game and call it the Toilet Bowl. Aha! Get it? Tushy Bidet's Park <laughs> hosting the Toilet Bowl. See, I think they should have put that on the hold because then this makes it seem silly. right? It makes it seem like, oh, they want to host a Toilet Bowl. Nobody wants to do that. That should have been left on the back burner. Anyway, good luck to Tushy. And uh, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and I'm going to be, it's very possible here in the near future that I'm going to become a better fan of Tushy because... I mean, it, it seems like the thing to do, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, this uh, in the line down the line as we head down the, uh, the links for the show sheet says drowning sad. So I'll open up the link just to see exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yes, uh, the Glee star, uh, Naya Rivera. We talked about uh, them finding the body the other day, breaking news uh, on Chewing the Fat because... Obviously, when CTF records news happens, uh, they found a body which they believed was her. It was her. And we, we hypothesized that she had taken her own life and left her boy in the boat. According to the boy, they were swimming. He had a vest on. She didn't. They, he, she got him back in the boat and she, you know, either couldn't get back in the boat or went to swim some more. And then that was it. Um, they believe that she got caught up in the, in the muck that's in this lake that she was swimming on. So very sad. Uh, and, uh, it doesn't appear that she took her own life either way. It's really, really sad, but it doesn't appear that she took her own life. Uh, as we go head down the list, uh, execution, Oh, yes. Well, we had the execution, the first one, with uh, Daniel Lewis Lee. Uh, They're reporting now that he had three, he requested three final meals. I'm a little ticked at the penitentiary. They're saying, well, we're not going to tell you what the meals were. I think you have to. Uh, I I love knowing what the uh, death row inmates eat on their last meal anyway. He had three of them. And they're not going to tell us what it is. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, we have to know. This is America. You have to tell us. You work for us. 
It's a federal institution and a federal execution. We want to know. We want to know. I may have to issue a Freedom of Information Act. But they also, uh, number two, they uh, they got rid of uh, another person uh, yesterday, uh, bright and early, uh, Wesley Ira Perky uh, at 819. Uh, in the same uh, in the same complex, so uh, again we have to know what they what they were eating for their last meal. And number three comes today. There's no messing around. We are not messing around anymore. Uh, we got the go ahead. It's okay. We are doing executions. You've been waiting long enough. We've been put on hold long enough. We are going through them. So I mean, this week one two three boom boom boom. Now number three was supposed to take place today. We'll see if it actually does. But I believe they will because they have not been messing around, man, at all. They have not been messing around at all. As we continue down the list of links, um, uh, headlines, well, welcome to a Fat Pile Friday on Chewing the Fat. I have, uh, I have a link with Skinny Dip. That story is a lady in Florida who was busted by her neighbor. The neighbor went away, and she decided that she was going to go swimming in the neighbor's pool. Normally, probably okay. She cut through a fence to get on the property and then swam naked in the guy's pool. Now, there's a video of this, and he called the cops saying he noticed the pool cage had been cut open. He spotted the women's underwear, cigarettes, and a steak knife nearby, and she is, uh, and while he was out of town, and she was uh, swimming naked, uh, on his security footage. He claims that's the first time. Well, it's the first time because she, before she didn't have to cut through the cut through the pool cage. This time she had to actually do some damage to get in. Uh, she was released on $10,000 bond. Uh, and granted, they have a restraining order now. She can't come over. Um, she uh, is charged with indecent exposure charges. Because uh, it was a private home. Uh, according to Florida law, it prohibits the display, exhibition, or exposure of an individual's sexual organs in a public place or while in public view. She didn't do that. Uh, she was just in the back. Right? She just cut the guy's screen for the birdcage and, uh, you know, took her clothes off and went swimming. Nobody was home. What did it hurt? I always, I remember once I was uh, working, I, I, I may have told you this story before, but I was working as a, a land surveyor for, uh, yeah, for a summer. A friend of ours uh, has a land surveying business and he needed the help and I needed a job. So uh, as between uh, radio gigs, big surprise. And uh, so I said, yeah, well, I'll work, I'll help you out. No problem. We were, you know, our kids were playing soccer together and we were, you know, spending time together anyway. So I might as well work, right. And help him. Uh, he needed the help and it's land surveying. You go out and measure people's property for selling or you measure, uh, we were measuring. It's amazing how much land you think is yours, but it really still belongs to the King. Uh, that's government land. Like, let's say your front yard, you know, look at your front yard. That's not all yours. You take care of it. You're responsible for it. But most of the time, from the middle of the road to about halfway up to your house, past the sidewalk, 
past the curb, past the sidewalk, up into your yard about halfway most of the time, that still belongs to the king. That's how they get away with coming in and tearing it up and putting in new pipelines and tearing up your yard and taking care, you know, doing whatever they want to do without having to ask because technically that's still the king's land. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I was, and it was, you know, it was during the summer in Florida and I thought, all right, well, we're going to be doing all these homes because he got a, a big, a big summer of houses selling and needed to survey it for the sales. Right. And, uh, so he was extra busy. I thought, great, I'm going to go out, uh, with my man and we're going to be surveying all these houses and it's going to be during the summer. So maybe we get to see some, you know, some people skinny dipping like this lady, uh, in the pools. And, uh, well, I spent the summer, uh, surveying and I saw one person swimming naked. So I don't know if that makes my summer worth it or not. But we were surveying a house and we watched the guy and this was a neighbor too, the same thing. So I don't know if he was trespassing or not, but we were surveying the back of this guy's house at the time. And, uh, the neighbor comes out of his house, takes off all his clothes, a male and walks across the yard through the other side of the fence into the neighbor's pool. So. Yay. Yay. Not really what I was hoping for, uh, surveying and to uh, take a look at the skinny dippers, but you know, it did happen and what the heck it was summertime. So, you know, I guess I made it worth it. And then we head to New York city body found on the top of a McDonald's in NYC. It was wrapped in plastic. Uh, reported in the story. I got to open it up now because in the story, it's one of my favorite lines from one of the people. It talks about, uh, they found a man who was found wrapped in a plastic bag on the roof of this McDonald's in the Bronx. Uh, they got a nine one one call about an unconscious person on the roof of the fast food restaurant. So, and he was, uh, you know, pronounced dead at the scene. Very sad. The neighbors to the adjacent building, uh, NBC said there was a strong foul stench in the air with one person saying they noticed it as they passed by the restaurant around 9 PM. So you noticed a foul stench in the air passing by on the sidewalk in New York next to a McDonald's. I find that hard to believe. I mean, maybe the building next door, but are you smelling stuff in the air? As you walk by the McDonald's and you think, Ooh, that's McDonald's. What are you doing? You're throwing away too much food. Nope. That's the dead body on the roof. <laughs> I would have just, I mean, how many, I've worked in New York and walked on the streets, man. Now, there are many days when there's plenty of foul stench on trash day, uh, thrown out on the curbs, waiting for the trash guys to come by and pick it up. And if you walk by the McDonald's and have a foul stench, not saying that it couldn't be McDonald's, but it's very possible. Uh, it was sticking in New York. Uh, there was water leaking in the Lincoln Tunnel, and that uh, you know connects uh, you know Jersey to Manhattan, and uh, it's busy and uh, heavily traveled. And people were a little concerned that uh, hey, uh, the Lincoln Tunnel that goes underneath the river that connects New Jersey to Manhattan, uh, there's water leaking out in the middle. And, uh, does that mean that, uh, we're going to be flooded and not be able to get through the tunnel? Uh, 
And no, 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 no. It was had nothing. It was just a coincidence. It was just some piping issues. So I don't even worry about it. Stop, stop your whining. Put a little water in a tunnel underneath a river, okay? And we have a big house for sale uh, in Manhattan, uh, the Versailles of Manhattan House. This has been sale for been for sale for quite a while, but now's the time to get it because uh, it's down. To, it was, at one point, uh, $35 million. And you think to yourself, $35 million, I can't. Like, I can't do the $35 million. That's just, I just can't. Well, it's $17.5 million now. So, I mean, it's, it's half. half. You ought to be able to get into it. Right? The Versailles of New York. Uh, it's 8,000 square feet. 8,000 square feet. Living in Texas, I'm going to say this, it's only 8,000 square feet. Wow. 8,000 square feet, 20 feet wide. All right, so it's in a, a, you know, a row home. <laughs> Six bedrooms, five bathrooms, three and a half, it says five, oh, five bedrooms, that's what they mean, three and a half bathrooms, because it says five bathrooms, three and a half bathrooms, but... That would be eight and a half bathrooms and no bedding. So there's five bedrooms, three and a half bathrooms, and an option of adding an additional floor. Well, that's nice. For 17.5, you're going to have some leftover cash. You're not going to want know what to do with it. Well, you know what? Let's add, an, let's add another floor. It uh, comes with inlaid marble and wood flooring, carved wood moldings and paneling, mahogany doors, hand-painted Chinese panels, a staircase, an elevator with mirrored panels. Nice. Uh, and it also, the second floor, has a special sound system for recitals and guest speakers, along with a green marble fireplace, French doors, and a 400-pound 18th century chandelier. The master bedroom on the fourth floor includes two skylights, automated shades, mahogany cabinets, a wood-burning fireplace. There's also an office and a private terrace, along with the rooftop deck. Oh, that's you know, the rooftop deck is there unless you're going to add another another floor. Then you're going to have to. I don't know if you take the rooftop desk away or you or rooftop uh, away, or you just add it to the top of the new floor. But either way, 17.5 mil for that. That's not bad. You pick that up for a price and. Get right on that. Then let's head all the way over to the other side of the country as we head down the headline uh, Fat Pile Friday uh, in San Francisco. Remember we talked about California, Los Angeles, and and San Francisco uh, at the beginning of the pandemic where they were going to talk about giving hotels, empty hotel rooms, to the homeless. And we thought it was a great idea then. <laughs> and it's proving to be even better than what we thought. <laughs> so if you saw Joy uh, Vila's video uh, post, I should probably tweet that out of Jeffy uh, JFR, uh, where she's walking the streets of San Francisco, and or, I mean the streets of Los Angeles, streets of San Francisco. TV show from 100 years ago, uh, the streets of Los Angeles, showing how bad it is, uh, full of trash, full of homeless people, 
uh, scary. It looks, it does not look good at all. And that's Los Angeles. So in San Francisco, uh, thousands of homeless people have been housed in these empty hotels. And that was because they used the excuse of, you know, they wanted to slow the spread of coronavirus. Right. Uh, it's pretty much solving nothing. Uh, they've had uh, drug-fueled parties, overdoses, deaths, sexual assault going on. According to uh, people who work there, it's almost like pandemonium. Pandemonium? Pandemonium? Pandemonium. Eh, same thing. A pandemonium. That's where they're living in, the pandemonium. But it is a pandemonium. <laughs> I can't even speak. It's Fat Pop Friday. I'm ready to... I'm ready to end the week. But uh, I, I, we told you it was going to be a nightmare. Uh, these hotel owners were, I guess, you know, they probably couldn't say no. And the state was stepping in. And look, they were going to be closed. And this was a way for them to make at least a little bit of money. Right? They were getting paid. Uh, I don't know how much they're getting paid from the state. Um, it's said here in one of the stories how much they were getting paid, but it didn't seem worth it at the time. Uh, I mean, now it doesn't seem worth it. At the time, I'm sure that it did. Now, they're saying that uh, the Department of Public Health has been giving them free alcohol, cigarettes, cannabis program for the homeless people, have all been placed in the hotels, I mean, it sounds like a really, really good idea. All right? Okay, here we go. Yeah. So rooms are rented at close to $200 a night, totaling $6,000 a month. And contracts last between 90 days and two years. But that's not going to be... I mean, I know their business is dying and they needed the customers and they need the money and, you know, the state will, you know, hopefully, hopefully pay them the money. But with the destruction of the rooms and the hallways and the lobbies and the funk from the rooms, you're never getting rid of that. I'm sorry. You're just not getting rid of the homeless funk in those rooms and I better be warned. I don't even know if, I mean, right. If they have left some pre homeless, I hope like, you know, floors three and four were, I mean, even if they weren't, I mean, if you have, let's say you have a five, four or five story hotel and floor one and two were open to the homeless. And that's what you did. So floor three and four, I mean, doesn't that funk, permeate the building then so you've got that homeless smell coming into the upper oh i don't even you know what never mind but i i'm not staying there and i want my money back if i go into a room and decide that what is that funk it almost smells like a body on top of a mcdonald's but worse all right so we'll be i would take a little break play some music or something and then we'll look at some more headlines
So we might as well head over to the break room and get ourselves a drink of something nice and cold or, or hot. I'm not picky. You know, if you if you are more refreshed with something warm, go ahead. But I prefer chilled. Oh, my gosh. So as long as we're in the break room. Uh, we'll back up a little bit of a couple things we talked about last week. I know it's still headline Friday. Don't look at me like that. But, um, we talked about the new Demi Moore podcast and we reviewed it and we, you know, you can go back and listen to our review on that. But I saw a story where Demi is, uh, uh, saying that, uh, the decor of the bathroom was because of Bruce Willis. Uh, that's the bathroom they grew up in. It was Bruce Willis's choice. And she said that, uh, you know, that's it never bothered me. It's quite good. We put rugs in the bathroom because it gets very cold up here in the mountains and you know how it is. But, and she said that, uh, you know, she actually commented on everybody commenting on the picture and said that she had everybody, you know, the whole family was laughing at the thread, but she said she was most disappointed. And this kind of ticks me off, which means that, uh, she hadn't listened to chewing the fat yet. Uh, she noted that she was most disappointed that commenters didn't discuss the fact that the couch in her bathroom is miniature and is not normally in my bathroom. Uh, we did discuss the couch on Chewing the Fat. I thought that it was a, a strange place to have a couch, and it was a weird-looking couch. Uh, apparently, that room is the best-sounding room for her podcast. And she said they went to every room in her house to get the best sound for the podcast. And that was the best room. And she moved in the little kid's couch to sit on while she was recording. And apparently the little kid's couch didn't affect the audio. Uh, you can go back and listen to our review. Uh, myself and Chris listened to the podcast and reviewed it. And that should tell you just about what the review was since I'm not going to go into the review now. Uh, Remember to subscribe to this podcast, Chewing the Fat. Please, look, it's free. It doesn't go, it's available anywhere, whatever platform you want to use, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever one, it doesn't matter. Just subscribe to the podcast. Then tell your friends and neighbors, hey, did you listen to Chewing the Fat today? And you guys can, you know, give you something to talk about. So, you know, it isn't always about hot today, huh, Bill? Yeah, it sure is. And then in the house you go. You'll be able to say, hot today, isn't it, Bill? Hey, how about that chewing the fat, huh? And then you guys will have something to talk about. So you're welcome. Subscribe to Chewing the Fat. And then you should subscribe to my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat, as well. Uh, barring uh, difficulties putting things up on that page, uh, new stuff goes up all the time on that YouTube page, Chewing the Fat. And I'll... Uh, I will uh, say that uh, the podcast that I'm releasing on Saturday, tomorrow, for those of you listening live on the 17th of July, 2020, is uh, with Dylan Howard, author of Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. And he also, his latest book is Royals at War, the untold story of Harry and Meghan's shocking split with the House of Windsor. So uh, most of the interview is uh, about uh, Jeffrey Epstein and uh, Maxwell the Evil. But uh, we also talked a little bit on the Royals. I mean, I've got the man on. What am I not going to talk about it? It's his latest book. So uh, you can listen to that uh, this weekend, but I will release the uh, the video uh, as well. Uh, if you wanted to, you know, 
look at myself and Dylan on screen while you're hearing the interview. Oh, yeah. So you're welcome for that. I know. Then we have some good news, too. I mean, uh, you know, it's not everything is not everything is crappy, right? I mean, M&M's is uh, launching new flavors uh, during the, the pandemic. Uh, McDonald's, we talked yesterday, remember we talked yesterday about uh, Taco Bell pulling stuff from the menu and McDonald's did it not long ago and, uh, you know, they're just rearranging things and people aren't, you know, if you don't complain, it's not, stuff isn't coming back. But we also found out that uh, Beyond Meats sandwich at McDonald's uh, in Canada has now gone bye-bye. Have a nice day. Uh, apparently, uh, people who eat at McDonald's didn't specifically order the Beyond Meats plant lettuce and tomato or the PLT. And so when the uh, uh, when the uh, testing phase ended, uh, bye-bye. Have a nice day to the PLT. Not sure if that's going to happen in America or not, but it does not bode well for the Beyond Meat burger at fast food restaurants. We'll see how it goes. They're Burger King with your <clears throat> lemongrass feeding cows. All right, we're still heading down the, uh, you know, down the list of Headline Friday on Chewing the Fat, uh, Fat Pile Friday, Headline Friday, whatever you want to, you know, whatever makes you happy, that's fine. Thank you for listening to Chewing the Fat. We can call it Fat Pile Friday. We can call it, you know, tearing through the headlines. We can do whatever. Now, I mentioned uh, a couple of new food items, but uh, Lay's potato chips, uh, snacks, are trying to get into the, we're going to have a million different flavors of chips Instead of, I don't know, let's just have some regular potato chips, either flat or crispy. Thank you. It'll be fine. But no. No. They have to start adding flavors. They've added grilled cheese and tomato soup chips. Those, I mean, I'll give those a try. The grilled cheese and tomato soup chips, that might be worth a try. But then we start with the Lay's Kettle Cooked New York Style Pizza Inspired by Grimaldi's in New York City. You going to try those? Eh, probably. Uh, Lay's Nashville Hot Chicken. Inspired by Party Fowl in Nashville. We have Lay's Philly Cheesesteak. Inspired by Gino's Steaks in Philadelphia. I I mean, we have to try those, but I hope those are good. Man, Gino, man, I, I miss the steak sandwiches in Philadelphia. Do not tell my wife I said that. Do whatever you do. Don't tell my wife. I said, in fact, we have to edit that out of the podcast, Chris, please. Just take it away. I don't want anything positive about Philadelphia being out there for my wife to catch me in a corner on. And then we have the the last two. Uh, uh, a little bit of an, you know, a little bit of an issue with Lay's wavy Carnitas Street Taco. Carnitas it's- Tacos? Lay's wavy carnitas. That's why I said carnitas. Carnitas. Yeah, carnitas. Uh, inspired by El Toro. El Torito. That's why I said El Toro in Los Angeles. Oh, that might not be good. And then they have Lay's Chili Relina. 
Chile relleno. That's what I said. Chile relleno. Inspired Chile by... relleno. I'm sorry? Chile relleno. Yeah, that's what I said. Inspired by uh, Cocina Azul? No, Cocina Azul. It, that's what I said. Cocina Azul in Albuquerque. I yeah. don't know. Ladies, what are you doing? Uh, uh, you know, our, our, obviously, we're going to have to have some sort of uh, taste test. Some sort of taste test with these chips. Uh, when things get back to normal. <laughs> Speaking of getting back to normal, did you see the Utah meeting on masks? Now, I'm telling you, people are starting to freak out about the mask thing. Okay, so Utah has a meeting where they're going to talk about wearing masks and uh, physically distancing. They're going to talk about school children, children, whether they're going to go back to school or whether they're not going to go back to school. And so all these people show up, pack the house for this county commission meeting. Now, there many of them weren't wearing masks. They weren't physically distancing. I guess it's physically distancing now. It's not social distancing. Social distancing is is too is too broad. We need physically distancing. Okay, all right. Um, just remember that it's not social distance anymore. It's physically distancing yourself uh, and wearing masks. Very few people. The picture is amazing. They are elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip, butt to front, and uh, very few people wearing masks. And so. Over the audiences, they want this meeting. They want this meeting to find out. Now, according to the room, they could only get about a hundred people in the room. It was so small, and so they had a big rally outside as well. Now, the commissioners decided, no, this we can't have this. Uh, this is uh, wrong. Uh, there's too many people in here. We're not physically distancing. Nobody's wearing masks. We're going to cancel this meeting wait, what? And so they vote two to one, the three commissioners. Uh, we are dissent. We're, this meeting is over. Have a nice day. We're done. And the one commissioner who wanted the meeting voted obviously to continue the meeting and they still had it. The whining commissioner who was all wound up about having all the people in this room and not wearing masks, uh, left and, you know, the other two hung out and finished talking. Now, I will say, and they make it look so bad because the only people they quote, there's uh, over 100 people, and they talk about the 350 to 400 people at the rally before the meeting outside. They quote, I think, two people, maybe three, and those are the wackos. Uh, one lady, COVID is a hoax. It's a lie. It's a political stunt. Um, uh, it's no different than the flu. Um, I don't want to teach my children to fear the world. Um, and that's going to rewire their brains. Okay. Why didn't we talk to some of the people who just said, um, I want schools to open. Uh, the science says kids can be together and it's fine. Uh, if you want to wear a mask, you can, if you decide not to wear a mask, you don't have to. 
individual choice. This is America. Nope. Can't have that. Can't have that. Not one little bit. Okay. All right. Be that way. Fine. No problem. I will tell you about British Airways uh, grounding their 747 jets. However, I've reached my limit on this particular website. So the 747, the British Airways, uh, because of the pandemic and the airline industry is going down. Uh, have a nice day. Uh, the uh, my, my limit on this particular website is over, and I can no longer see websites. It just tells me I'm up on my limit and they want me to subscribe. So that's not going to happen. Apparently, probably it's a monthly thing. I don't know how many they're giving me. But uh, I still have, uh, I mean, it's the 17th of July, so I've got a couple weeks left before uh, oof, before I can able to see stories from that website again. So I'm going to have to go back and figure out a way to make that happen. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. All right, thanks for uh, continuing along with the ride here on Fat Pop Friday. I never did uh, in the... The earlier portion of chewing the fat, I never did get to uh, Johnny Depp's trial. I mean, I'll just go down the headlines of the links that I have here. They are amazing. Okay, so the bodyguard admits to giving the wrong photo in court. So they have the photo of Depp uh, with a bruise on his face. They're trying to say that Amber Heard was the one who was uh, who was hurting him. So we find out in court that, yeah, well, I did take the picture but I lost that phone and I couldn't find it. So there was another picture. We took it. We took another picture from another time that we put together. And that's, that's a different picture, but it's the same thing. The same thing happened. Wow. Okay. Discredited witness for Johnny Depp there. Uh, Depp called, uh, her scum threatened her to fix her flabby ass. <laughs> This couple should not have been a couple to begin with, uh, clearly. Uh, Depp's butler testifies that the actress was the antagonizer. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, the uh, I think it was the butler as well, or was it a friend? I'm going to have to click on this link because I cannot remember who it was that said. It was the former assistant, Amber Heard's former assistant, testified that Heard's assault story was hers and that she her, twisted it and changed it to be for her. So the assistant had a one-time boss uh, or uh, was raped and assaulted and she told her uh, Heard that and Heard twisted it around for her own benefit. Incredible testimony. Incredible. Uh, talks about Amber Heard not wanting Johnny Depp to know about her James Franco romantic scene. Uh, it said that Elon Musk was uh, responsible for Heard's bruises, not Johnny Depp. I mean, this case is just out of control. These two need to just go away. Johnny, I know you're suing the son, but... This information did it need to did it need to happen? Maybe he needs the money now. I don't know. Maybe he's hurting so bad that he had all kinds of money stolen. It's possible, I guess. I guess we still have. I mean, I've got a ton of headlines. I mean, well, all right. Here's some headlines here that have been on the show sheet for 
uh, for a few days that I haven't gotten to. And I'll just do the headlines. Kenya's is getting its internet from balloons now. Uh, the Alphabet's Loon Project, that'd be Google's Loon Project, which launched in Puerto Rico and Nevada and made the journey to East Africa. So good for Kenya. They're getting their internet from balloons now. Uh, we've moved ahead. Boy, technology is great, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, which I get my I get my Wi-Fi hooked up to Loon Balloon One. Colorado squirrel tested positive for bubonic plate. I think we may have mentioned that uh, jokingly. That happens every year out there. Those squirrels and rats in Colorado, <laughs> those silly partiers, they show up with the bubonic plague ever so often. <laughs> Never mind that. And sure, there was. There was reports of bubonic plague in China as well. <laughs> I'm sure there was reports of a new swine flu coming out of China. <laughs> but don't mind that. We're in the middle of a pandemic with COVID-19, damn it. Talked about Italy returning the stolen Bansky to France. There was uh, the artist made, uh, you know, had uh, the one art piece stolen. It was the door from uh, from the, the the big shooting in France. Why well, can't I remember the name of that? Now I'm going to have to click on this link so that I don't I don't want to make people all wound up. You don't remember the 2015 Paris attacks? Yes, I do. Okay, that's what this was representing. The the Bansky was was a door to remind uh, people of the tragic and distressing event. I got it. But it was stolen, and they found it in somebody's attic. Oh, it was just in my attic. Look what I found, huh? It was the it was the artwork from Bansky worth you know millions. What was it doing hanging out in my, my attic? Weird. I don't know what happened there. According to uh, China, uh, their economy grew three point two percent last quarter. <laughs> oh, really? Really, I, I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily believe that. I just don't. Chipotle going to hire 10,000 more employees to support its drive-through expansion. Good for them. At least someone is going to be hiring. I'm a fan. If, they're, if, if the drive-through expansion is booming for Chipotle and uh, they need more employees, great. If you're a fan of Chipotle, Go there and go through the drive-thru because those people need the work. Uh, United Healthcare Group said it had record profits last quarter. Really? Wow, that's incredible. Uh, $6.6 billion. I don't think they've paid for all the patients, uh, the COVID-19 patients in the hospital yet there. So could be uh, that will go down uh, soon as those bills come due. I can guarantee you that. And I really wanted to talk to this guy. We got to try to find and get a hold of this guy too. Uh, I do want to talk to this guy during a for an American dream segment. Okay. So when you think to yourself, nothing can be invented and you know, you don't know there's nothing happening. There's nothing new. It's all, it's all old hat. Well, wrong. And when I tell you what this guy invented, you're going to think to yourself, why didn't I think of that? And because I know I did, I thought, why didn't I think of that? So, former U.S. Army Green Beret, Kyle Daniels, goes to his final tour, and he was uh, 
he comes back home from his final tour and he's really miffed and dismayed by the latest bout of flag burning around the country. And he's, you know, he can't believe that a people are burning flags, but you know, darn those flags are burning. Right. So we've watched this. This is where I tell you that you're going to think this idea. Why didn't I think of that? He thinks all these people are burning flags. How come those flags burn so easy? So he develops the unburnable American flag. Two years of research. Uh, it withstands the fire. It's veteran-owned company. It's a 100% fire-retardant flag. It's made from Kevlar and Nomex. And it's the same fabrics that the service members and first responders wear. It will not burn, is what the website says. I am in love with this guy. They went through hundreds of prototypes. And uh, the company, Firebrand Flag Company, uh, just launched uh, earlier last month. It's about a month old now. Uh, And I am in love with this guy. You want an American dream, an idea, come to fruition, the unburnable flag. I want it. Kyle Daniels. If you're listening or someone knows you, would love to talk to you on Chewing the Fat because you, sir, are definitely a picture of the American dream that still can happen in this country. So I want to get to a couple of these emails. I mean, I've asked you to send them in, and I appreciate it, and you can keep continue to send them in about happiest moments of your life, just times in your life when it was the... You know, you realize that it was just the happiest time. It was so good. And it was, there was nothing that you were lacking for at that time in your life, whatever it was. And, uh, you can email me at chewing the fat at the blaze.com. I've been going through them and I'll get to them. We'll get to them all and we'll break them down for you and we'll read them. But I'll give you a couple today, uh, to get you through the weekend. Uh, one from Mike, uh, one of the happiest moments in my life is when I received my job as a deputy sheriff. My parents were so proud when the sheriff swore me in and handed me my badge. It was special as my father had been a deputy sheriff and that I was following in his footsteps. Perfect. And that's wonderful. Again, everybody has multiple happy moments, or at least I hope that you do in your life. But there are some times when you catch yourself saying, uh, wow, that was that was a moment. You look back and you go, I was, that was such a, an unbelievably happy moment. So this uh, particular uh, email from Lee. So my happiest moment happened six years ago when I finally had enough of being a company driver. 31 years, two different companies. I bought my own truck and became an owner-operator. It is the best decision I ever made. The freedom, the money, it hasn't been easy. But I love it. Uh, Again, fantastic story. And again, I'm sure that Lee has had other moments, but this is, you know, one of the happiest moments of his life. So you can email me your uh, happiest moments. uh, You know, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. This story, I will say, I don't know if I believe it. Now, am I saying that someone would email me a story that wasn't true? Yes, I am saying that. So Terrence uh, emails me. Uh, a number of years ago, I realized that I was in falling in love with a girl that I just started dating. One night when we were lying in bed at her apartment talking, she told me that she thought she was pregnant. 
Since we had only been dating for about three weeks, I was understandably somewhat confused. When I asked her if, under the circumstances, she was sure it was mine, she screamed something incoherent and ran out the door of the apartment. At the time, she was dressed in a pair of black pajamas, vaguely reminiscent of outfits previously favored by the Viet Cong. I frantically tried to get in touch with her for several days, but was unable to reach her. I knew that before she and I started going out, she had been dating a brother of a guy I knew. When I saw him, I asked if he'd seen her. He indicated that he had and that he, she was fine. Well, it did take me a month or so to get over her. One of the happiest moments of my life is when I realized that she was either one, crazy, or two, trying to pin a real or imagined pregnancy on me. I didn't see her again for about 20 years. When I did... She was reasonably friendly and never mentioned our last somewhat bizarre evening together. Happy, happy, happy. Okay. Do I believe that story? The answer to that is, I want to. Uh, it took a long time to get happy, happy, happy. Well, maybe not. It only took a month when you realize that she was gone and out of your life. But... Uh, I don't know that I think it just sounds like a story that isn't real. Could it be? Yes. And if it is, I am happy for you being happy on that. But I question its validity. I got another email from Rob. Said he wanted to answer my question uh, on why large retailers, Walmart, Kroger, and more are ignoring consumers' individual rights. At Walmart, you must wear a mask, posting a show-me-your-receipt uh, person, he says Nazi, at the door. Policy, even though you just paid for your groceries at the register, and you wouldn't be holding a receipt if you hadn't paid for them. So here's the short reason. The whole management and store personnel have been indoctrinated in our educational systems, Marxist teachings. These companies have adopted a liberal ideology. They believe in collectivism, and they know collectivism, and they know what is best for the customer. They do not view customers as individuals. They view customers in groups. Currently, comrade collectivism is in, individualism is out. That, according to him, is his short answer. Uh, he's also bummed that they are getting rid of uh, employees. Uh, you know, we talked about the uh, complete checkout, the auto checkout. Uh, and he was wondering why he questions why Walmart would lay off employees now. Then he uses a, 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 a number saying that if every U.S. Walmart Supercenter lays off five employees, that's 17,845 people in the unemployment line. Uh, it doesn't seem to show Walmart's good corporate responsibility, uh, at least towards the communities where these stores are located. Uh, meanwhile, don't want to wear a mask, don't shop there. I understand that, but if you don't want it, there are so, since it is becoming a mandate, they're not letting you in. So I told you yesterday, this is my plan this weekend. I'm going to go to the company's website of the stores that we frequent in this family, and I'm going to print out their mask rules because every one of them has the disclaimer. If you have a health issue, you do not have to wear the mask. Now, if you just walk in and say, I've got a health issue, they don't let you. you got to wear a mask or you can't get in. But if I have their rules in front of me, in my hand, 
They've got to let me in, right? Right? 